So if I can bring these messages of crypto, financial freedom, of creative freedom, and bring these ideas to music, I think it'll speak to a huge audience. Hello, investors. This is Danny with Investorly. At the intersection of education and opportunity, we empower you to invest early. In episode 18, we welcome Famous Dill, an entrepreneur and musician with a focus on NFTs and Web3. We learn about his beginnings in finance and his ambitions to combine financial education and music in the NFT ecosystem. The Investorly podcast is brought to you by Dayslice, our home for all scheduling, payment, and website solutions in one place. Learn more today and sign up for free at dayslice.com. To stay informed of our community-driven podcasts and receive our insightful weekly newsletter, subscribe at investorly.substack.com. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. I'm excited today to really talk about music and NFTs and the the pairing of the two that we're witnessing and the way that you're elevating your music career uh, as we move forward. So let's just start by welcoming you and thanking you for being here, Dylan. How are you today? Yeah, thanks so much, man. Excited to be here. I've seen everything you've been building in the NFT space and the Web3 space, and I'm really excited to be on this show. And I'm, I'm glad it's coming out as a podcast, too. I think that's a great feature to have this live conversation and then have it uh, be released. That um, Really, kind of the future of podcasting and stuff, in my opinion, or at least a big part of it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about what I've been building with music, NFTs. And I think what you just said um, is so important, which is like empowering people to invest early um, and empowering startups and individual creators to be able to take a product and bring it to market without needing, um, you know, huge funding from really hard to access sources or, uh, you know, sources that want to take all the ownership and then really leave the creator with nothing. So I think that can be applied to a lot of industries beyond music. But as we know, the music industry is one of the most well-known for predatory deals, uh, for lowballing artists, and for generally putting them into contracts that lock them down and um, can really destroy an artist financially if they get into the wrong deal. And there's really no protections. And for a long time, there has been no way for the artist to uh, get around that, especially um, on, on some level like the independent artist who's getting started. Um, a lot of times they're kind of baited in with these deals and it's overall just very difficult to get an independent thing started and be able to sell music on your own. So uh, a lot of what we're doing here with music NFTs is going to fix the value chain and bring the, the value back to creators and artists. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. And I want to dive really into a lot of that. Your knowledge base around the subject and just entrepreneurial spirit is one of the things that really is uh, unique uh, for someone in the music space and the way that you're already future thinking. You've been in crypto since 2016, correct? Yep, that's right. I mean, knew about crypto before that, but in 2016, it's got into Bitcoin. And yeah, so now we're talking six plus years of being in, you know, 
a, a futuristic type of uh, technology when you think of blockchain and crypto. Um, your debut album, Crypto Rich, we're going to get to. But, you know, obviously, Investorly stands for invest early. And so we focus on empowering you to invest early in yourself. And so for anyone, that can be a lot of different ways. But can you give an example to just push back, uh, you know, thinking back to your childhood and then moving forward to today where you invested early in yourself and uh, some words of wisdom that you can give to others? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, this really goes back to the genesis of my story. I was always trying something entrepreneurial, uh, whether it was like I was coaching soccer games when I was 15 before I was even old enough to work. I would do these little coaching games for the younger kids. Um, and then that went on to like in high school, I uh, did a kind of like an entertainment company where me and Wes Walker would DJ shows and we would do like school dances and events. And it's funny because me and Wes Walker went on to make the Jordan Belfort song and do music together. Um, but at that time we were really just doing like uh, events and parties and he would DJ and I would MC and do the business side and the website creation. So even going back to high school, we were doing stuff like this and that ultimately led to us us making music together um, but even going back further than that with the same buddy Wes Walker we at one point uh, we were at the beach and it was a hot summer day and we thought all right let's buy a bunch of popsicles from the store and then go down the beach with the cooler and sell these popsicles so we were doing it and it was working out great and then eventually the cops caught on to us this all happened in a couple of hours and the cops come down the beach looking for us ended up running into Wes's mom who promptly told them that we went the other way which she did us a solid and then we came back by she's like dude the cops are out here looking for you so uh that was crazy you know they don't want to see you win um they're gonna come after you when you start winning so you know you got to look out for that but no, I'm, on the real, like, I, I feel like I've always been interested in entrepreneurial things and investing in myself. And so when I first got into Bitcoin and Ethereum, that was just another time where I saw something interesting and I was uh, trying to take advantage of an opportunity. Uh, but at that time, I was also coming off touring and being involved in the music industry a little bit. So I didn't have much money, but I did have a little bit for, you know, an 18, 19 year old um, just trying to figure out what the next move is i was able to buy a bit of bitcoin and at the end of course that was a great decision yeah talk about a great decision and you've stuck around you know you've grown uh, to to now where you actually have a debut album talking about crypto rich now before you get to crypto rich right you're multi-platinum awarded uh crypto since 2016 but talking about your music what inspires you to, uh, you know, create the music that you create and how did you uh, get into music itself? Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a great one. And, and to sort of unpack it, I mean, I already went into my, you know, child life, just getting into music as a kid. I in middle school, I did the school play. I did a little bit of theater, stuff like that. Um, so like I was always interested in singing. I was in the choir, whatever. Um, so like I was always interested in that and I was interested in like I started out with like Green Day and like 
punk and alternative, like Simple Plan, this kind of stuff. And then in high school, I started listening to rap and hip hop, like Meek Mill was coming up in Philly and Gross and Maybach music. I really liked that stuff when I first got into hip hop. And, and I still like to keep up with a lot of mainstream hip hop, but listen to all different type of music um and so when it comes to my own music with the jordan belfort song we really made that as two kids just out of high school you know linking up and hanging out after i saw the wolf of wall street movie we put it out on soundcloud we literally recorded that on a laptop and a blue yeti usb microphone put it out on soundcloud it ended up becoming the top college song of 2015 uh, totally organic it got attention from the labels who then uh gave us this you know low ball deal which we ended up taking and so anyway at the same time it was great experience i learned a lot about the industry i think in some ways you know everything happens for a reason and if this experience didn't happen i would have never known about going independent and getting into web3 um, so, so anyway so, I, well well can i pause you there dylan not to interrupt you but that's such a good moment i just want to ask a follow-up before you continue uh like chronologically you talk about just uploading Jordan Belfort on SoundCloud and it becoming the top song around, you know, colleges, right? Which is the first college you remember finding out was playing it? Yo, I know the answer exactly. It's actually Penn State. Um, you could, if you scroll all the way back to the SoundCloud comments, you can see there was Penn State and Texas colleges were the first uh, places to start commenting. So, Having that organic growth is amazing, right? And I think people forget that just a few short years ago, streaming was brand new. And this idea that you could play a song instantly through your phone or computer was completely new. And so I think a lot of people um, have misunderstandings about music NFTs and think that we're trying to take away that experience of streaming and on demand instantly listening to music. Right. But that's not what it is at all. Um, so I, a big part of what I do is focus on education and, and helping people sort all of that stuff out. Um, but yeah, of, of course the experience of just putting this song out there and then having it explode through the internet was insane. I mean, I always, you know, I, I was willing to try things and I'm entrepreneurial. And so putting out a song to me was like fun, just messing around. Um, you know, it was like it took a year and a half for the song to blow up. I mean, people are used to this TikTok overnight sensation stuff. But I think a lot of music actually takes time to, to grow and circulate. So the song really took a year and a half before it started uh, getting some traction. And so it was out there for a while. I mean, just imagine me as a 19-year-old college. Like, I would maybe show a couple people here and there my little song I made on SoundCloud. But, you know, for a while after it was out, there was really nothing happening. Um, and so going having that experience going from, like, laptop with a usb mic and then going up to the best studio in the a room out in la at atlantic record studio i mean it was quite the experience right um to to really just be thrust into the industry and also not understand how the business side of the game works fully um but i got right into it and then as a 19 year old kid you know i was just learning all the ins and outs of the music business and what's going on at the higher levels and 
um, you know, what they're doing to artists and, and how tough it can be as an artist when you get in with a major label, but then they're not really focused on you or willing to reinvest in you, right? So I kind of learned that early on and it allowed me to find my own path. Uh, but what was good is that I really negotiated like a single song independent style deal with the label. So they didn't own all of my work or all of my future work. At It was really a, a deal for that song and a follow up. So that was kind of a, a blessing in disguise, right? Because ultimately allows me to go down this path and it allows me to still have this hit song, which when you think about it, now this hit song with hundreds of millions of streams that has you know, millions of monthly listeners, it's all now a big funnel for music, NFTs, crypto, Web3, and everything I'm doing, right? Crypto Rich, my debut album, is all a story about crypto. So now everybody who knows my song of, from the Wolf of Wall Street that ended up you know, being this huge hit is eventually going to find out about the new crypto NFT wave that we're on now. So... I, I just think it's it's and ultimately everything happens for a reason. So that experience really set me to be who I am today and to create this amazing music. But yeah, I mean, I would love to talk more about the inspiration of really why I created this album, because that's probably the most important part. Yeah. And that's a perfect segue into talking about where you are today, how you became the person you are and that inspiration. And that that really brings us to the crypto rich moment. Right. So we're at crypto rich, the debut album. Give us uh, just a grand overview now of how you come up with crypto rich. Obviously, it's your past at play, but then the inspiration in it and where people can find it. And let's dive in now. Yeah, 100 percent. So. Basically, the Jordan Belford song crushed it. I went on tour. I did 50 plus shows. I've now done over 100 shows. You know, I still do a lot of shows now. And so everything was that. Um, and I got deep into crypto, like I said, around the end of when I was touring and performing is when I got into Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I really went all in on crypto. I was fi finishing up my education at college, too. I was a finance major. So, of course, I was like pretty interested in crypto uh, from the jump. And just getting deep into all of that learning, I, I stopped focusing on music. And in a sense, I was a little bit frustrated because I was releasing independent songs on SoundCloud now for a while. Um, and of course, releasing it on Spotify and YouTube and everything else too, right? Like pushing on all fronts really as an independent artist for a couple of years now. And I just wasn't having a lot of success. And so I was feeling a little bit frustrated. Um, I was starting to have success with crypto and I was feeling great about that. So I started learning so much about crypto, got deep into crypto, really connected with this new passion for crypto, of course, and lost focus on music. So I started a business in Philly called Advantage Blockchain. Uh, it's still an active business now. We are focused on blockchain consulting and helping businesses and clients learn about blockchain. Uh, we started that business end of 2016, and that business has come a long way now. Um, it's currently a hedge fund. I have a few partners that run it. Um, I'm still involved, but of course, day to day, I'm 100% focused on music and NFTs. Um, but yeah, I started a business in the crypto space, and so Grinding on a startup for a couple of years was great. We had some success. We ended up putting a lot of real estate on the blockchain. We worked with a company called Vertalo. Um, I've helped be onboard over $100 million of real estate to the blockchain through Vertalo and their partners. And being a part of that has been super exciting. But 
really what happened is I realized that I had lost a lot of focus on the thing I was most passionate about, which is music. And so I wanted to find a way to connect these two passions I had found together, right? Because I spent so much time learning about crypto and I enjoyed that. But at the same time, I realized that crypto is great, but my real passion is music. And I already have this huge platform and I have millions of people who listen to my music or have heard my music. And so how can I show all of these people what I've learned about the future of financial and creative freedom, right? Because really, it was about taking the passion I'd found for crypto, which is about financial freedom, right? And allowing you to control your own money and to take control of your financial future, right? And I saw what that can do for everyone. And I saw with NFTs what we can do with creative freedom, right? So the whole idea with Crypto Rich is to create a music album that was relatable, that would teach people something about crypto and inspire them. And you know, it's not it's not like an education lesson on crypto, but at the same time, I think some people are inspired through music. And so if I can bring these messages of crypto, of financial freedom, of creative freedom, and bring these ideas to music, I think it'll speak to a huge audience. So my goal with Crypto Rich and the NFT as well is to create a collective of people focused on financial and creative freedom. And ultimately, I think the music can inspire millions of people to get interested in crypto and get interested in NFTs and become a part of what we're building. So that's the potential I see for Crypto Rich. I think long term, we're going to see music NFTs and artists that have collections worth over a billion dollars. I mean, I think the potential for music NFTs is to create an album or an artist that has over a billion dollars of market cap. Uh, we can monetize music to a completely new level. And that's the kind of collection I'm trying to build for Crypto Rich. So I, I just think that music NFTs are actually going to take uh, sick artists and the amount of funding that you can get from music to a completely new level. Well, you know, I think I think you're onto something, and it's it's really really early when we think about the entire NFT space. But then, more importantly, when we think about music and the NFT space, have been some big time you know uh, musicians that have gone into uh, crypto, that have gone into the NFT space. Most notably, let's talk about Snoop Dogg. Let's think about Steve Aoki, uh, Blau. Um, you know, even Dylan Francis, uh, I've, I've, I think Diplo is getting involved. So we've seen more and more of the artists uh, and, and the music, uh, you know, stars, even maybe Chainsmokers. I know they're into the Bored Apes now. So there is a connection there for musicians kind of seeing this idea like, hey, maybe we can do this more independently and get more of the uh, return and decentralize the idea of the music. And you know, I think we started to see this as an early trend that was coming last year when uh, Square, uh, you know, went and bought uh, Jay-Z's uh, title. And so I think that was the start for me that at least popped in my head and said, you know, this whole area of music is going to be completely, uh, you know, turned on its head once these musicians and more people come around to the idea of decentralization and NFTs and how they can power uh, and give more control back to the artist around that. So when you talk about crypto rich, the potential and just, uh, you know, billion dollar market cap for different musicians and so forth, how exactly do you uh, position crypto rich? Where does someone get crypto rich? Or like, I want to listen to a song on your album. How am I doing it? Yeah, so a uh, couple layers to that question, right? 
Um, I guess we'll start with the basic one. So when you buy the NFT, you can access a download of the album. That's one of many different features. Uh, that's a very minor feature just to be able to download the album because anyone can go listen to the music on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, right? any site where you can listen to music, you can go listen to the album. And really better than listening from the files because your streams and your listens are going to have impact, which is helping to grow the brand long term, right? So all of my collectors are listening on Spotify, adding to playlist uh, you know helping to support by showing their friends all that good stuff but of course you can download the album and a bunch of other files such as um you know we have some acapellas in there we have artwork files we have interesting content that comes with the album in there as well um but of course the nft gets you access to a lot of cool stuff such as irl events metaverse concerts right um, I did a show last year with Wu-Tang Clan. I did a yacht party down at Art Basel, Miami. Um, I did a show at NFT NYC. I'm working on another show upcoming for NFT NYC. I had a show in Austin, Texas last year. I had a show in Nashville, right? So as I'm doing all these shows, I'm giving collectors opportunities to get involved and come out to the shows. And if you're a VIP collector, you get lifetime access to my shows and meet and greet. And so overall, the NFT gets you all these different experiences i'm going to do merch runs as well we still haven't done our first one but working on that i have a merch line that i've been working on for a few years probably almost three years um i also am doing a collectible vinyl run for vips so i'm not sure about the timeline on that but i am going to do it as more of the vips get sold out and we're going to deliver a collectible vinyl of Crypto Rich to everyone holding V. So it gives you all of these different features, which is really cool, right? It's great to have utility. And long term, I'm going to build, build more and more. You know, the more funding that I get and the more my fan grows, my, my brand grows, um, the more opportunities I'm going to have for collectors, right? Whether that means doing exclusive merch or whether that means doing bigger and bigger show. As I grow more, it's going to be like, Instead of five shows, we have 20 shows on the tour, you know, instead of a small venue, we're doing a big venue. So music NFTs are really interesting in the fact that as the artist scales and grows, you're going to get more opportunities for collectors, right? And, and on the flip side, it's great for the artist too, because now you can go and say, hey, I've got 100 collectors that are already locked in to come out for this show. So we have the initial crowd all set right and and it can be tough to fill venues so they love to hear stuff like that um so all of that stuff is really good um and then i want to talk also about the other part to the question which is like how do we how do we make this massive value like what are some of the key things that we need with a music nft that takes them beyond just being a little collectible audio or a one of one for a song right and so what I've done with Crypto Rich, and I think a lot of artists will do in the future, is to borrow some of the things from PFP collections and other projects that have worked really well, right? So the first thing is we need thousands of items, right? You need to be able to scale your collection up to thousands of collectors because you can, of course, you can do good stuff with 101s and, and stuff like that. But what I've seen is that the fastest way to grow your community and scale up is to have a lot of different items. So you need those kind of common floor items and then you need the more rare expensive items that people enjoy collecting right because you got to appeal to both crowds so i think having thousands of items and especially with music too it's important to get those network effects 
because kind of going back to the beginning of what I said is we want more people streaming on Spotify. We want more people liking on YouTube, helping you to go viral, get more exposure, right? Because more exposure for the music is going to lead to more to N NFT collectors, right? So the idea is we want to build network effects with thousands of collectors who are going to be coming to shows, streaming the music, showing their friends, and overall getting more people into NFTs. So I, I think it's really important that we are are taking some of the things that's working for other communities and adding them to music NFTs too. Um, but if we do that correctly, there's no reason a music NFT couldn't grow to billions of dollars. I mean, look what we've seen with PFP projects, right? Like we've seen projects do that in a year, several billion in a year, right? So I think we all know that if Kanye West or uh, Drake came in right now, right, and did the right NFT drop with the right branding and the right approach and the right structure, um, you know, it, the, the, the numbers in the hundreds of millions, I think. I mean, Snoop Dogg did an amazing job. Like, maybe he is the best example of it. And look, he's a million, I think. So it's absurd. I mean, that, that type of money being made that quickly off of music is unheard of. I like how you broke down the the decentralization factor when it comes to uh, the the artist having a lot more uh, say in what they can do. Basically, showing up to a venue, let's say, and already having X amount of of your fans of your NFT holders ready that are going to show to a show that you can bring and confirm with a venue. But I also just overall, when you look at the way that the that the, the space works in music is is a great example really of a space where a lot of other people are taking the money and getting the benefits of the actual uh super uh you know unique individual creator which is you know when it comes to music let's say the artist and you know when you can see that when you look at just plays on you know soundcloud spotify um how how little the artists th themselves are getting and so concept of being able to put out your own work have control over it and then get most of the rewards coming back to you as opposed to somebody else for your effort is to me the most exciting part of this all and so when you look at the kind of idea of nfts and you talk about the network effect and you talk about having a lots of items and thousands and thousands that to me is is uh, fascinating that you've thought about all of this already and your will this but my uh, a little bit deeper question around this is when you think about the platforms what platforms are you using to position these nfts on when i mean and i mean like what layers are we talking because i know you've got some on ethereum you've got on solana but also then talk about some of these brand new platforms specifically around music and and top of the mind would be something like royal from blau and the other ideas i mean what do you think about that the developing ecosystem of music platforms uh, and then also the idea of where you're placing your NFTs, whether it's on the Ethereum blockchain, whether it's on Solana, is another one that you're thinking about uh, also considering. Yeah, man, for sure. I've been thinking about this stuff for a really long time and just thinking about the music NFT ecosystem a lot. And I think it'll show in this answer, right? So I want you to think of each blockchain like a different country, okay? Because each each blockchain has its own set of rules, its own set of fees for doing business, its own community, and its own set of people that are using the blockchain, right? So each blockchain is really like a different country. And then each platform within that blockchain is like a different record store in that country, right? So 
each blockchain is going to have a bunch of different platforms where you can release NFTs. And the way I view them is they're kind of like record stores, right? So for us as artists, we're used to making music and taking those masters or taking those products and making them available on a bunch of different sites or a bunch of different record stores, right? So the way I see it is you, you need to make a strategy, right? You, you can't necessarily just take your music and put it in every store at once. But I do think artists can put their music in multiple different stores multiple different blockchains right when you go to a new blockchain you might need to change your pricing a little bit you might need to change your uh your style of of doing your nft you might need to change your utility um but that's that's normal right it's like when you take your products to a different country you do have to make some changes there might be different costs of doing business right um when you take your products to a new record store you might have to make a different deal on that transaction you might have to figure out um you know what type of uh music Music that record store is going to accept and what format you have to deliver it right um so i think that the way that i've done it is to build on many different platforms and and try new things and experiment i think that's also a big part of it is that we're all learning we're, we're trying different things um but my main collection is on OpenSea. Um, and that's been the highest selling platform for me or one of them. Um, also, Magic Eden over on Solana was really great for me. Um, but the key is that you want to uh, branch out and try different things without saturating the market, right? You don't want to just take your music and drop it on every platform, super low effort. Um, but if you can build and expand, then I, I think it's great, right? Because when I dropped on Solana, I brought on hundreds of new collectors who wouldn't be collecting my NFT otherwise, right? A lot of them are only focused on Solana, where they saw the Solana opportunity and they decided that was the one for them. Um, so I do think that in the future, artists will put their music out in many different ways. There will be a lot of ways to collect your favorite artists. Um, but at the same time, try to bring a lot of my traffic to one collection. And so right now, my main collection is OpenSea. I also like the Magic Eden collection. And I'm going to be scaling them both up. So I love that you shared a uh kind of the different options that are out there from obviously OpenSea, secondary marketplace on the Ethereum blockchain to Magic, secondary platform on the Solana blockchain. That is going to continue as we move forward to, to evolve. Uh, we don't necessarily know, but I like you explaining trial and error. That can work for not just music NFTs, but any NFTs, any projects. Yeah. Available on Rarible. That's where I initially started. And then everybody went and was using OpenSea so much. So that's how I kind of migrated over there. So I have collections on both. And I've been very successful in just like directing collectors to wherever the floor piece is. Um, like on my website, I made a floor price locator so that you see like where is the floor price VIP on Ethereum, right? Or where is it on Solana? So some of these little tools can be really valuable for the community. Um, but ultimately, we'll see what happens long term. Like I've thought of making a, a custom contract on Ethereum and just collecting everything to one um, and doing some kind of swap or airdrop for that. Uh, but long term, I think what's important is everything's tracked on the blockchain. I have different collections. It's working for everybody who's involved. We've set it all up with access in the community and my discord and I can still deliver utility. Um, so that's what's great about the blockchain, right? Like if at any time I do want to upgrade, I'll, I'll be able to find a way to do that and take my community through that transition, right? Um, so uh, the same thing is true about Solana or other chains. I'm also working on a drop on Cardano that's coming up. I'm also available on Polygon through Mint Songs. Um, so the key to me is like, 
I want my music available in as many outlets as possible. So there's going to be different things that make sense to different people. You know, some people won't buy on Ethereum because the gas fee is too high. They only want to buy on Solana or Polygon. Some people won't buy on Solana or Polygon because the numbers are too low and they don't care about the gas fees, but they'll happily pay a few ETH for my piece on, on uh, OpenSea, right? So it just really is about having products that appeal to different people in different marketplaces. For sure. And some people will want to buy in Cardano, but it doesn't work, so they can't. Okay. Sorry about that. That was just my thoughts on Cardano. Uh, at, this has been uh, enjoyable to understand some of the different blockchains and the way that you position your work. You obviously put a lot of thought in it. I want to dive into a little bit of your music. So you rap. I've actually listened to you, uh, you know, rap before uh, off the cuff. Um what got you into rapping? Have you always been rapping? And what does the future look like outside of even just speaking NFTs, but for your music career? Um, you know, like, are you still, you're dialed into a degree, but like, do you have this itch to get out there and perform right now? Or are you just so locked in on the NFT space because it's 24-7 and it's, uh, you know, 365? Uh, that's what I'm most curious about right now. Yeah, man. Well, a lot of stuff in the works. Um, as far as music, like, I would, I would always, I, I would love rap, right? Like I would freestyle with my friends as a kid and I would always like singing and rapping and that kind of stuff. So um, like when I made the Jordan Belfort song, you know, we were just kind of messing around. So um, I didn't take it super seriously until after the success of that. And then I'm like, wow, there might be something here. And so I've been rapping since then. And, you know, now I've got like 40, 50 songs out. Um, music videos that have done well um, but I mostly like to have fun with it you know it's a lot of party songs songs that tell my story that are just fun and lighthearted. and I think as I move forward um, I definitely want to try different themes and of course on Crypto Rich if you listen like it's 19 songs it's pretty experimental there's different styles on there right so you can definitely feel that I've, I've gone for a lot of different vibes like there's singing there's rapping um, there's, you know, there's happy, there's sad, there's different vibes on the album. Um, but I already have another album plan that's really, uh, kind of a different vibe than crypto. Um, and so, bef but what I realized after this recent, uh, success over the last year, year and a half with NFTs is that I'm not ready to move off the crypto theme yet. So I've kind of postponed this other album that I have planned, which isn't, it's not a crypto theme, but of course going to be released as NFT, you know, NFT is for me, just like streaming, all my music is going to be available as NFT and my OG collectors are the ones who are going to get all the music NFTs airdrop to them in the future right of course that's kind of what we're building out um but yeah so anyway i've postponed this different themed album which i don't want to talk about yet in place of the nft mixtape which is coming soon so i'm doing an nft focused album because you'll notice that crypto rich actually doesn't talk about nfts because i literally released that album before nfts for music became uh, the clear path. I mean, uh, Crypto Rich came out in 2019. So it was really before we had all of this NFT language and we were GMing and wag me and all this stuff, you know, it was before that. And so you don't hear a lot of mentions of NFT or any of this lingo on the album. I'm excited to drop an updated project that's called the NFT mixtape that's going to have a bunch of songs that are really 
NFT style direct to the NFT community. And then after that, I'll probably go on to the other album, which still going to be dope. I'm sure the NFT people will like it. But, you know, I, I, I definitely want to like stay on this crypto theme and, and stick with it before moving to something else, because I do see myself moving on from like totally crypto themed music and just integrating crypto as, as a part of my vocabulary and something that is just a constant theme throughout my music because it's a part of my genesis as an artist, you know? So, you know, I don't see myself re releasing Crypto Rich 5 um, in a few years, you know, I'm going to be on to you know, something else completely new. Yeah, no, you're going to be, be you're going to be on, you're going to be on like Metaverse 5 in, in five yeah, years. Right. <laughs> so no, I, I love it. But listen, um, but with that being said, I've been thinking this. So you have Jordan Belfort, right? It's the character Wolf of Wall Street. You rapped about him. He, that goes viral. You're playing all over the country. What about another movie character? If you had a follow up to the Jordan Belfort, who is another character to write a rap song or a party song about? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, someone, someone recently sent. Well, I'll tell you this. Back in the day, I wrote a song about Dan Bilzerian that I never made, and then someone else did it. Um, and then someone recently sent me a song about Ricky Bobby, which is a good idea. Um, and so, anyway, I'm, I'm not sure. I guess that's a pretty damn good one, but. Yeah, I mean, I've heard other people have told me, you know, ideas of characters to do, which, you know, you, you never know. Jordan Belfort definitely just tapped into the right energy at the right time. And it came full circle, you know. I was on his podcast, like, uh, a couple years ago now. Uh, but it was, like, you know, six years full circle from, think about it, I'm a kid writing a song. And when I wrote the song, I totally was sitting there thinking, like, yeah, maybe, like, what if I met him one day from writing this song, right? And then six years later, ended up going on his podcast telling the whole story. So it was cool to meet him. But he told me, he told me then that he said crypto and NFTs is a scam. I told him about Crypto Rich, and he told me crypto is a scam. And now he, here he is a couple of years later, all in on NFTs. <laughs> Yo, so really to tie it all together and bring it even more full circle will be when you release a, uh, a mixed track with Jordan Fel Belfort as a feature. And that will be Crypto Rich, too. <laughs> yeah, man. Right? Or really, when Jordan <laughs> Belfort decides to buy my NFT, that's what will come full yeah, circle, man. Let's go. But no, you know what? Straight up, um, I've talked to him a little bit. But, like, I've trying to been, get in touch with him about NFTs and crypto. And he's de definitely ducking me a little. So, Jordan, where you at? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. Like, let's get something going. I, I mean, you're making, you're making news right now in a conversation with that's not normally the way we do it here. Calling out uh, the people in the space. But we like it. Uh, Jordan Belfort, where are you? He's going to hear this podcast. And next thing you know, he's on Crypto Rich, too. If that happens, just send a little bit of that creator royalty this way. Uh, but in all reality, uh, it's been a fun con around music NFTs. This is such an interesting part of NFTs that most don't think about, uh, but that is coming. And it's coming quick. I, I know I kind of asked you, and I'm not sure I got a clear thought, but are you on 
the Royal platform. Do you have any thoughts around SoundMint? Some of these really, really brand new platforms that are based around music and the release of the, you know, uh, NFTs as a new form of, um, you know, investment from audience and, and users and uh, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that got lost in there. Um, I think the audio NFT platforms and the music NFT platforms are great. I think we need these platforms that make music NFTs easier and make them understandable for uh, artists and collectors. But I also tell everyone that you don't need a special platform for music NFTs. You don't need uh, to get on one of these exclusive access platforms. Like anyone can go on OpenSea or Rarible or a custom contract with Manifold, right? You can create your own music NFTs. And I don't think any of the platforms currently offer something that's so valuable other than community, right? If you're really looking for community and trying to find somewhere um, that maybe you'll find more community, of course. But I would just say don't limit yourself. You know, don't think you need to get on any specific platform or think that you should only be on one. Um, but I really like all of these things. I think Royal.io is great. I've had a call with them. Um, I think in the future there could be something there. The idea of splitting royalties with NFTs is really cool. I think that it's a little bit misunderstood right now. Um, I think that there's a lot of people who don't understand the crypto economic value and the NFT value and the utility value. I think the majority of, of value for music NFTs is going to be the utility value. And so I think this is really important because um, some people assume that NFTs are only going to be valuable if they include the, the ownership share. But I would actually argue that the ownership share is going to be the minority of the value. And the real value is going to be the NFTs as really an emotional token or, or feeling connected to the artists, right? And, and the utilities that they provide in terms of access to shows and, and events. And so even if you do have a split of the artist's ownership, I tend to think those payouts are going to be uh, really low, especially if it's a music NFT that has real world experience and, and concert opportunities and connecting with artists one on one and all that. Um, but what's amazing is now we have tools that allow fans to have ownership of a song or allow art of their song directly back to fans. So if you want to include ownership of your song and sell that to fans, great, right? But I don't want artists to think that you have to include 20% of your royalties to make NFT valuable, you know? I actually made a meme last week about this concept where it was like the the virgin and the chad meme if you know that and on the one side i had like the virgin crying guy who was like music nfts will only be valuable if they have royalties and then on the other side i have the guy who's like chad guy who's like i will keep my royalties and create an entire ecosystem for my music nfts so moral of the story is as an artist, you can keep 100% ownership and make a valuable music NFT ecosystem that will create a ton of value and reward your fans just like they want to get rewarded as you get more successful. So I, I just want artists to realize they can keep 100%. And then I'll end it on this. Personally, as a collector, 
I want the artist to keep 100%. Because when I buy the music NFT, I'm giving the artist the money so they can reinvest in the song. And I want them completely 100% incentivized to reinvest. And then that will make my NFT valuable as a relic of that music and a connection to the artist, right? Even if I own a percentage of the music, that's ultimately going to mean that the money comes out of the artist long term, right? And it, it also really means that this is that less likely to invest, reinvest in the song, you know? If I own 20% of the song, probably long term, the artist is going to invest 20% less in that song. So um, there's a lot of ways to look at it. And I see, I think that allowing artists to split ownership is great if you want to do that go ahead but you don't have to do that to make a music nft valuable there's going to be music nfts that are valuable for all different reasons yeah that's a a really interesting way that you break it down and you share your thoughts and in coming from a musician himself i uh you know it's nice to hear your thoughts i know it's helpful for others that are going to hear this uh specifically because while we tape our podcast live here in the twitter spaces which is an awesome experience just to be able to do it live. This goes out to you know thousands of people that maybe don't follow crypto Twitter or to, you know NFT Twitter. And so it gets you out of this bubble and you break down a lot of these uh, simple um, or, or complex ideas or, or systems and make them a little bit more simple that I think uh, others are going to understand and, and kind of hear you and be more intrigued by what is going on in the music space. I want to welcome here towards the end of a conversation with uh, my partner at Investor Lee, Danny, who is uh, able to join us now. And I'm sure he might have a question or two. So I want to say hello to Danny and give him a chance to ask you any questions there, Dylan. Uh, Danny, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry I wasn't able to attend uh, the whole the conversation with. I've been um, really busy with traveling and different things like that. So, But I was able to jump on. So thanks a lot, Mike, for doing that. But Dylan, uh, it was great to listen what I did here. But I do have two questions for you. And my first one is that, is there uh, an artist that you'd like to collaborate with that you have yet to do so? And the second kind of part of that question, is there a group or a band, completely different genre that you'd like to collaborate with? Damn, that, that's a really good question, man. I mean, there, there's a lot of artists I'd like to collaborate with. I mean, it would be awesome to get a collab with Drake, because why not? Um, I really like uh, Mike Studd, who's like a more realistic artist that I've talked to a bit. Maybe I can collab with one day. Um, I like BB No Money. He's another artist that I actually sent him his first music NFT, uh, which is pretty cool because um, I'm a big fan of his music. And then who else? Oliver Tree. I like him. He's almost someone. Oliver Tree is like someone that's a different style of music than me that I would like to collab with. Um, but as far as a band that I would like to collab with, I don't know. I got to think a little more about that. Um, I mean, Fifi Wrong is one of my collectors. She's kind of a different style than me. It would be interesting to collab with someone like her, um, who's also one of my collectors. Um, so I see a lot of potential for all that stuff in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that a big part of the next stage for me will be finding more collab opportunities. And as my brand grows in Web3 and people and I guess that starts to mean something, right? Um, because slowly but surely, it's actually meaning something to to do music NFTs or, or Web3. Um, so I think in the future, 
hopefully this community and everything I've built here will give me leverage to collaborate with some of those bigger artists. Um, I mean, it's real exciting. Hey, Snoop Dogg. I mean, shout out to Snoop. Guy just did 50 million plus of music NFT sales. So, you know, I'd be honored to collab with an OG like that. Um, but, you know, there's so many talented artists out there that I'd love to collab with. And I'm a fan of all different types of music. So, yeah. We'd like to thank Famous Dill and the community for a great conversation. The Investorly Podcast is brought to you by Dayslice, our home for all scheduling, payment, and website solutions in one place. Learn more today and sign up for free at dayslice.com. To stay informed of our community-driven podcasts and receive our insightful weekly newsletter, subscribe at investorly.substack.com. Investorly, empowering you to invest early in yourself.